You're listening to Divorce Literacy with the Divorce Lending Association, a divorce podcast where we dig deep into issues of divorce that center around the marital home, other real property, and divorce mortgage planning, helping divorcing homeowners and their divorce team make more informed decisions regarding home equity solutions during and after divorce. Good afternoon, Sarah. Hi, John. Hey, thanks for agreeing to join us on this Divorce Literacy Podcast. Yeah, thanks. So Sarah Roadwell has been a has been working in real estate for the last decade in Boston metro area. She specializes in luxury, residential, divorce, and investment real estate deals. She has an educational style and surrounds herself with highly experienced and knowledgeable partners. She prides herself on a white glove experience with wraparound services that extend beyond the closing. So that white glove, that that is awesome, when it, especially when it comes to uh, working with divorcing couples, because they're going through such the most emotionally charged period in their life. And even the smartest people um, are in a fog and they're not, they need a little more clarity. And that's where a professional like yourself comes in. So um, let me ask you, so you're, you're working in all these different areas, divorce, the divorce market, what, um, tell me about your, your journey to get to that point, because I know not everyone. So, yeah, no, totally. It is a hundred percent. I mean, a, a lot of realtors will at some point encounter somebody who's getting divorced. I mean, that's inevitable. I mean, that's a huge part of selling property. Um, you know, unfortunately that's, that's a portion of it, but not everybody specializes in it. And I feel like a lot of, I I know a lot of my experiences in real estate have, have led me to this place where I, even the investment work that I've done, um, you know, like the first time home buyer stuff, all of that, uh, and definitely the white glove service, like really understanding how to provide great service. It just serves that niche so well. So, um, you know, and I kind of fell into it on accident, you know, just like I was saying, um, I had some clients that were buying and um, I'd actually known them for a few years. I knew them when I worked in the banking uh, industry before I started in real estate. And, you know, I'd known them, you know, probably, I don't know, a good like five years before we started looking for a place for them. And they ended up buying and then almost immediately decided they were going to get a divorce. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, it was a little, uh, there was a little bit of drama going on there with their situation. And because I knew both of them really well, because I'd worked with both of them and, uh, you know, had had just this background of information that I didn't need to necessarily get into. I was able to really stay unbiased on both sides and actually help them get that done. And that's kind of how I fell into it. Just on accident, I was like, wow, this is this is really difficult and also extremely necessary and something that I can do really well for my clients. So how, I mean, you're going to get to a situation where someone's going to feel that you're favoring the other person, even though you're not. Um, if What do you do to prevent that from happening or at least trying to minimize those feelings? Totally. So 
if I can get everybody together in the beginning, just like I would if I were doing any in any sort of like seller or purchase situation, if we can get together in the beginning, especially if it's with like their divorce attorneys or any sort of mediators or anybody that's, you know, like finance people, if we can all get together in the beginning in some capacity and have a discussion about our goals and like what we're really trying to accomplish, then it's really about that. It's not about, you know, the feelings or like what they think is happening. It's really just about serving the purpose instead of like, you know, I like this person more than I like that person, or I'm trying to help that person more than that. Per- it's really like we have the plan already in, you know, in place and we're just, and we've already agreed upon it. We've agreed upon the the plan ahead of time. If it needs to change, we can go back to the, you know, go back to another meeting with everybody. However, um, ideally, if we can get everybody on board in the very beginning, then it, it has nothing to do with me and personalities. So if someone, if one of them texts you with the other person not on the text, will you reply with both of them to keep the continuity? It depends on the situation because it really, I mean, unfortunately, you end up sometimes in situations where maybe uh, there there was like, some domestic violence or something, you know, maybe you're not able to put everybody on the same message. So again, it goes back to this plan in the beginning. I've communicated in the very beginning how we're all going to communicate. So I, it's not a guess by the second, it's already determined. So if someone reaches out in a way that we haven't agreed to in the beginning, most likely I'll just reply, you know, please see, blah, 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 blah. You know, it, it's, it's already in, in motion, especially if it's contentious in any way, shape or form, then, you know, I go back to what we originally agreed upon. So it's not, it's continuous. It's not out of the norm. And also I'm falling back on what we already agreed upon. So they, they reach out to you and they say they want to um, sell their house. So to yeah. me, the, the first question, being a, a mortgage person, would be, okay, you're going to sell the house. Where are you going to go, and can you afford where you're going to go? Totally. Uh, but would you recommend them getting pre-approved before they even think about putting it on the market? Yeah. I mean, there's a whole process we would go through, especially, like, if someone says, hey, we want to sell our house, First of all, I want to kind of know why they're selling their house. And that's usually what ends up coming up, you know, when you find out, hey, we're actually going to get a divorce. Then the conversation becomes, okay, do you have a divorce attorney? Or, you know, have you spoken to mediators? Like, what have you done up to this point? Uh, You know, have you, you know, have you talked to your financial advisor? You know, have you talked to your tax person? All of those things. Um, Because that's, Honestly, just like if I had a buyer, you know, I would send them to a lender to get pre-approved up front to see what they could afford on the other side. We need to know like what kind of assets, debt, um, you know, make sure that their credit stays in place so that we can sell and they have, you know, a plan on what to do on the other side. And you can't really just decide to sell it without those pieces in place ahead of time. So I think I mentioned this to you the other day, but when you're buying, most of the work happens like once you find the place, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff you got to do in order to get to the closing table. But when you're selling for whatever reason, 
you have, there's so much prep work before that house gets to market and with a divorce and you're selling a property, you know, within the divorce, you, there's so much more prep work that you have to do before you even get that house to market. You have to make sure that everybody understands like what the goals are, where they're going afterwards, who's getting the proceeds, you know, are the bills being paid out of the proceeds? Are there any proceeds? You know, there's just so many questions that have to be answered before you can even get to that place. So it sounds like you're not working for the wife, you're not working for the husband, you're working for the house. Essentially, I'm working for the estate almost. I'm, I'm really working for the, the common agreed upon goals that essentially get everybody to the best possible, you know, solution in the end, <laughs> the best possible agreed upon solution. And usually, you know, in negotiation situations, and that's honestly what this ends up becoming before you even get to a place where you're selling the property. You, I mean, nobody really wins if somebody loses. So the best way to kind of approach it is to make sure that everybody is served really well so that you can get to the place where you can sell and make the most possible money. Right, right. Because in divorces, it, there's really no such thing as a win-win because no there's, no one really truly wins. It's coming up with the best possible outcome given the situation. Correct. Correct. It is one of the worst experiences that a human can have. However, it, you know, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. What I what I mean is the process is usually pretty terrible no matter what the circumstances are. However, if you are really clear about your goals and you set yourself up to, you know, just, you know, be as smooth as possible to get there, then it doesn't have to be the the worst possible experience that you could ever have. You know, it 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 is going to be emotional, no doubt. It includes some of the uh, you know, most difficult things that a human could do including moving separating, um, you know, maybe potentially breaking up a family. Um, however, the reason you got into the situation in the first place was for good reason. So if you can do that as smoothly as possible and get to the other side, that's really my job is to try to help facilitate that. Right. So it turns out there is life after divorce. And I guess the question for them is, what do you want that life to look like? 100%. You know, so so if they can keep their eye on the vision of what it's going to be like, it's not going to happen. It could, but it's not going to happen right away. But it's the first step. And, uh, you know, because I see it on on my end where people get caught up in the dollars and cents. And then and I back them out and I said, wait, back them up, say back up. Let's let's talk about that vision and goal of yours again. And, and you told me at all costs. Well, this is the little cost that's going to it's going to cost you and you're going to be able to uh, to move on in the best life possible correct now would you what do you think people should look for when they're selecting an attorney or a financial advisor or a mediator so this is a really great question um it's similar to like what people ask when you know they say what you should you know how do you pick a good realtor yeah um so there's a couple things that, you know, there's some kind of really interesting t- statistics around that, that most people end up hiring the first realtor that they talk to, which is crazy to me, yeah. especially if it's a situation like this, right. where, um, you know, hopefully you picked a good realtor because most likely you're going to end up working with a lot of the professionals that they know. 
So hopefully they have a good team around them that they're referring. So one thing I would say is, you know, try to talk to multiple people to see what the experience is going to be like. Also, again, if you know, maybe you and your partner, you know, soon to be ex, have a, have kind of a vision of how you want it to be that with that in mind, then you can identify the right people for that. So they have to agree with you. They have to really understand your vision and are willing to support you to, to get there. Um, you know, obviously some people, you know, it could be a budget, you know, there could be budgetary constraints. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so all of those things, you know, really like, what are your goals? Like how much, how much are you willing to spend? <laughs> which is going to be a lot. You just need to know that it's going to be expensive. I think on average, it's like $7,000 just to get divorced. That's, I feel like that must be like a national thing because if you have a lot of assets, that number can go up. If it's contentious at all, that number can go extremely high. So, um, you know, I would just say, make sure that the person that you are working with really understands like what your goals are. You feel like you can work with them. You feel like you can trust them. Uh, And, you know, obviously it fits into whatever budget that you guys have. And you know that you're going to get to the end. And this person's going to help you get there and just really support you along the way. Because it's most likely not going to be fun. So you want to make sure that the other person really is able to support you in whatever that looks like for you. So if you want... A nice peaceful divorce and you walk into a divorce attorney's office and they brag about all their litigation and then all the money they're going to get for chances are it's probably not the right fit correct yeah the it most likely i would point them to mediators first you know and if that doesn't work then we can go the other route mm-hmm. you know um but it, that's the main thing is usually before I even recommend a lot of times like a a lender to a client or an attorney to a client, while I do give them options, a lot of times, you know, in the list of professionals that I know and know are going to do the job well, a lot of times I'm asking them what they want. And I'm thinking about their personality and how they work with people and, you know, really what their goals are. So I've already thought about a lot of that stuff before I'm making recommendations. So it's helpful if they can also do that. And then be open to the possibility that maybe there's some things that they don't even know they need. So that's where oftentimes if you get a few different opinions, yeah. that can be super helpful too. Yeah, definitely. Now, has there been a, a particular case that you've worked on that's impacted how you do your business? Yeah. So like I said, the the friends that I kind of told you about in the beginning that ended up, you know, I, I really didn't, I kind of had a, a sneaky suspicion that maybe something was going on that it wasn't like all you know bliss and paradise while we were going through the process however i didn't realize how bad it was you know until really i got the call that said you know very shortly after they closed on this property that you know they were going to be getting separated and they were going to get divorced and they were going to have to sell this property um and just in that experience I I realized that a I needed I needed more uh, education. I needed to have professionals around myself that I knew I could support my clients with. So I started on this journey, 
you know, really, I got, um, you know, certification in, you know, divorce professionals, essentially, you know, understanding the process better, making sure that, you know, I have a slew of people that are specifically around finance, you know, mortgage, um, you know, that really understand this process and can support my clients. So since that time, I've just been building on that, you know, and definitely have some interesting stories, but that's just real estate in general and life in general. So that's never going to stop. However, again, it's just about continuing to educate myself, making sure that I'm staying on top of whatever's happening in the market. I mean, we were just talking about this before we got on here about all the the changes that happened during the pandemic and how that's still affecting the divorce niche today. And, you know, that it's, there's, I mean, before you couldn't, you know, everything was in person, you know, and now they have calls, calls, they have the court on calls, you know, it's just, there's so many different changes that have happened for, for good or bad, you know, it's, you know, it's working. Um, and it's definitely less expensive and a little bit easier for people because they don't have to track down to such and such courthouse at such and such time. They can, you know, really get on the call, you know, schedule their life around it and not necessarily have it be scheduled and then, you know, ruin up their life. Um, you know, ruin, you know, ruin anything that they have going on. So, um, all those changes and just continuing to educate myself or, you know, I, I learned that very quickly in that process in the very beginning with those two friends that, you know, I ended up staying friendly with both of them. And um, I still, you know, I still talk to, you know, them regularly and, you know, they both have moved on and, you know, are, are having a good life, you know, but it was definitely, um, you know, difficult for, for them. And I just made sure that I educated myself even more and had better people around me to support them too. Oh, that's great. So if someone needs your service, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? So the best way, honestly, email, you know, that's, that's the best way I would say, um, I'm sure, you know, however you're, you know, putting this podcast up, um, you know, you'll probably put our information, yeah, but um, I'm sure they could. You know, you could introduce me, but that's probably e- the easiest way. Is just email, and then you know we can have a conversation about what your goals are, and just go from there. Oh, that's awesome! And do you have a final thought you'd like to leave with us today? Um, I just it, the thing that I would say is that often comes up when when talking about divorce is that I'm glad that this is so out in the open now, you know, even a few years ago, there weren't as many professionals that were out here educating and talking about divorce as we are now, because it was considered so shameful, you know, for a variety of different reasons, people weren't talking about it. The thing that I would encourage anybody who's really thinking about getting divorced and they need to sell their property, you know, there's just things that they got to take care of in order to get, you know, this process rolling is to not be afraid to reach out and ask the questions. Ask them as early as you possibly can. Get as much information as you possibly can. Arm yourself with that so that you can make the best possible decisions. Because, it, it, you know, 
just just silly mistakes that maybe you just didn't know this thing and you you know you started on this process you ended up selling your house and you realized oh wow like now I don't you know there I can't possibly buy because I ended up in a situation where you, you know uh, maybe maybe I took on all this debt and I don't have any equity anymore or you just there's just so many little things that if you don't do it properly you on the other side you're not going to be able to just go get a mortgage or, you know, buy another house or, um, you know, there's just so many things that people just don't realize that if you don't do it right, it's going to, you're really going to suffer on the other side of it. It's so unnecessary. So it's just better if you can talk to people ahead of time to just really get the information you need to make the best possible decisions. That's great advice. (laughs) Well, Sarah, this has been a pleasure. Yeah. Want to, yeah. thank you for, want to thank you for being on our podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right, have a wonderful day. You too, thank you. Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at divorcelendingassociation.com.